Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of Vice. It's Monday, June 11th. I'm Sophie Kazis. Today, we're getting to the bottom of a nagging question. Are our smartphones listening to us? And if so, what are they doing with that data? A couple of years ago, something strange happened to Vice writer Sam Nichols. He was at a bar in Australia where he's from, with a friend, iPhones in pockets as usual, and they were discussing their recent trips to Japan. They had both really loved it there and really wanted to go back. Their night ended, they both went home, and then, the next day, both Sam and his friend received pop-up ads on Facebook about cheap return flights to Tokyo. Okay, so this story doesn't seem that weird right now. But at the time, it was so creepy. Today, essentially, everybody has their own version of Sam's story. That moment that you realized that maybe, just maybe, your phone was listening in. So what's going on here? Well, according to Dr. Peter Henway, who's the senior security consultant for the cybersecurity firm Asterix, the short answer is yes, our smartphones are listening to us. But he says that it's most likely in a way that's not as diabolical as it sounds. I sat down with Sam to parse it out. Your article is about iPhones listening in on us, using their microphones to listen. And I feel like at this point in time, everybody has a story similar to yours Mm. where you, you know, had a conversation with a friend and the next day an ad relating to that conversation popped up on Facebook. And I can remember my first experience with this where it was a few years ago and I was having a private conversation. Well, it wasn't really private, let's be honest. But it was a conversation with a friend about a very particular glass teapot because I'm a big tea drinker. And I was like, I really love this teapot. It's so beautiful. Blah, blah, blah. I really want to buy it. Had never Googled it. Had never searched it online. And then the next day, a very particular kind of glass teapot ad popped up on Instagram or Facebook. I can't remember. And I was just like, wait is my iPhone listening to me? And the question was real all of a sudden. And I was asking my friends and we were all having the same experience. And it was like, are we paranoid or are we not? So I'm no expert, (laughs) but tell us, what's the deal with iPhones? So the idea behind it is the phone's always listening, but when it records certain things, it needs to have an idea of like a trigger. So with an iPhone, it's, you know, Siri. Or with, you know, an Android, it's generally it's like, hey, Google, like Google Assistant. And so the phone's always listening. And this is all basically from like Dr. Peter Hannay. The phone's always listening. And then when you kind of start that trigger, that's when it kind of like record it. 
So like if you, yeah, kind of like you say, like, hey, Siri, where's like the, like, where can I get some cheap jeans? The idea is, you know, that'll then get recorded. That'll go to Apple. That data will be held and then stored. When it comes to apps, the idea is really similar. So, and like, this is where it kind of gets a bit like creepy because like Facebook haven't come out and said, you know, these are our triggers or anything like that. But the idea is like a similar thing. So, you could say, you know, as you said, like, you know, I'm looking for this glass teapot, you know, teapot being a trigger, and then that recording would then get processed and sent over to Facebook and that'll be held. And then Facebook would send that data to advertisers? No. So all kind of like, you know, Google, Apple, Facebook, all these apps, they want to hold your data. Having that, that exclusive access to it is just the most valuable thing. The way it'll generally go would be say you're an advertiser, you would go to Facebook and be like, hey, here's a lump sum of money. We want to make sure that, you know, our products are like a glass teapot goes towards, you know, a certain demographic. And that's the same way as like, you know, if you Googled something on a keyboard or whatever and said like glass teapot or like cheap jeans or anything like that, it can be more specific. It can be like, you know, we want people that have looked at this or like looked at this website and, you know, we want them to see this ad in like a week. So the idea would be Facebook would then hold this data and kind of like attach it to you and your name and like your demographics and everything. So you would just kind of, I guess, like go in like a pool of people that have kind of like ticked this box interested in a glass teapot or like interested in cheap jeans or like interested in cheap flights to, you know, Tokyo. And then that's when the ads would pop up. So it's not so much kind of like Facebook's like chucking out or like selling this data to everyone. It's more advertisers are paying to have their work seen and Facebook's got all the resources to make sure those ads get seen. Gotcha. So in your article, you talked about how we basically know this is happening, but Facebook has sort of explicitly come out on their website in written form and said, we are not using iPhone microphones to listen in on you and to hold your data in that way. Mm. Help me out here. Like, how can they come out and say that when we have all of this evidence to prove otherwise? Or do we not have the evidence? How do we know that this is really happening? It's really difficult to say, but the thing I took when I read Facebook posts is that it's this phrase like, we're not listening to you. I think maybe this is a situation of like using keywords or key phrases to kind of get away with it. But it's not kind of like iPhones or apps like Facebook or, you know, say like Twitter even are listening to you like every single second of every single day like there was an opinion piece on wire that came out last year that basically said you know facebook isn't listening to because they don't need to and the idea was like you know if facebook was to listen to every single conversation you had every single second it would just the amount of data the amount of like resources required to process that data would just be astronomical it's just unfeasible so Yeah, I guess kind of like Facebook haven't actually come out and like admitted they do this. But if there's anything we can kind of like take from Google, for example, because Google are really transparent with this. So you can actually go on your Google account if you have like Gmail or anything and you can actually go through it like your privacy settings and you can actually see what Google have recorded of you. And then you can delete it. You can look at it. You can listen to it. And so with kind of considering that Google are doing it, there's no reason that Facebook wouldn't be doing it. They're in their legal rights to actually do it. And, like, it makes a lot of sense from a marketing perspective to actually do it. 
you know, I think like if Facebook came out and said, we are listening to you, the first assumption is going to be we're listening to every single conversation you have. And I think people would just freak out. So to really answer your question, we don't actually know, but given what Google have done, it's it's safe to say that, you know, there would be other businesses having a similar model because if they didn't, it would be unfeasible. Right. Okay. So to pull out some things that you said, it is creepy, but not illegal. So we can assume that if Google's doing it, other huge companies like Facebook and Instagram are probably doing it. Yeah, exactly. And then what you're saying is that, you know, it, it may seem like they're listening in on absolutely everything we're saying, but really that's not how it works because that would be far too much data. What it comes down to is these trigger words. exactly. And the trigger words are like a filter for our data. So here's my question. How do we know what the trigger words are? You mentioned the main two, which is Hey Google or Hey Google Assistant and Siri. Yeah. But in your article, you also said that we can assume that large companies like Facebook have a gazillion yeah. trigger words. So yeah, how do we know what they are? We don't. And that's the terrifying thing. And, you know, we don't know if this is a location-based thing, if this is a timing-based thing, like a certain time of day, or if it's a word-based thing. Like, we don't know if, you know, the phrase jeans, or like, I need to get a cheap pair of jeans, like if that phrase would then link to seeing ads. And this is kind of like where it does get a little bit creepy. I did like a little impromptu test and like, by no way would I consider it to be like a fully like scientific experiment. But It's all up in the air and Facebook haven't come out and said, you know, exactly what these triggers are. And I don't think it would be in their best interests to actually admit what they are, because then I guess like people would stop saying it and then that would risk the marketing. But um, yeah, there's really no way to say for sure what the triggers are because no one actually knows. No one's admitted it. No one's had any kind of like insider knowledge behind it. So we'll get to your experiment in a second. But before that, I'm wondering, are there ways to turn off our microphone in certain situations or ways to protect ourselves. I mean, even if you aren't, you know, a journalist or a spy or, you know, someone with like highly secret or classified information that you don't want Google and or the government to hear, if you just are like, I'm uncomfortable with this, it's creepy, I don't want my data being mined, then how do we protect ourselves? One of the best ways to make sure no one's listening to you is to have your phone off. Basically, there's there's rule limitations in battery technology when it comes to smartphones. So when they're off, they're not listening. You could potentially as well, I guess, turn off the microphone permissions with Facebook. The theory behind that would be if Facebook is listening to you because you've given them microphone permissions to use, you know, Facebook Messenger or like anything related to your voice and speaking through that, they can't actually listen to you without that. In saying that, however, New York Times like released an article around the same time this article came out basically talking about how Facebook and device makers have deals with each other and like, you know, Apple and Google can actually access information from users on Facebook and kind of like use it for themselves. So who's to say if, you know, that doesn't go the other way. But at this stage, just turn your phone off, really. I think it would be the only way. (laughs) Very good to know. All right. So let's kind of close out this interview with talking about your own little experiment that you did (laughs) to get to the bottom of this question. Are we paranoid or are our iPhones really listening to us? And how does this work? What'd you do? So... What I did, I, I kind of went into this mentality that if I'm going to see results, I need to have, you know, the most 
I guess, marketable phrases for kind of like someone in my demographic. So I deleted my cookies off my phone and off my laptop. And then in the morning and in the night of every day, I would probably spend about five minutes just kind of speaking into my phone, things like I'm thinking about going on a cheap holiday sometime soon in like the mid-semester break. I need some, you know, cheap jeans. I want to get some cheap flights. I need a holiday. I'm looking to get like a new cheap clothing. I need some like cheap shirts. Yeah, it was kind of just doing like little things like that. And on the first night I did it, after I'd cleared my cookies, the next day, you know, it was saying like the ability to apply for like a university based in Melbourne for like mid-semester admission. That was kind of like a bit worrying for me because I I recalled saying mid-semester. Another time it happened as well, like I was sitting at a cafe with a friend and like I was just, you know, talking about how I just gone through all this data and like you know had to pay all this money my phone bill and then like a day or two later it popped up saying 20 gigs of data cheap deals and it's one of those situations where it's difficult to kind of conclusively say that it was because of what I said but like the similar case you had with the teapots and like cases I've had with talking about flights to Tokyo and the amount of stories you know you have friends and like people online talking about the same thing happening to them it was just an eerie coincidence that I'm not 100% sure, like, is a coincidence. That was my experiment. (laughs) Cool. All right. So from your very small solo experiment, you are concluding that, yes, we are being listened to and our data is being used for marketing purposes. So should we be scared? I think it's probably better to be, I guess, aware and prepared than being scared. Like, I think if you had any kind of role where you had sensitive information, like whether you be working in finance or you worked as a journalist or anything where there is sensitive information that you don't want anyone to know, then you should be aware that this is listening. If it's a situation where you're just like a normal everyday person and realistically this is just advertising agencies, just like marketing to you, it's not amazing but I don't think you should be scared I think this is just part of a greater beast in the same way that you know advertisers have access to what you look at online and like what you search online this is really just kind of the way marketing works now so whether you're for it or against it or whether you're scared about it or whether you don't really care about it it's not really going to change so although it's not ideal I don't think it's necessarily something you should be too panicked about. Like, it's not as if, you know, your phone is listening to every single conversation you ha- you have and knows every, like, little intricate detail about you and your life. I don't think it's anything like that. I think they just want to sell you pants. My main takeaway is to turn my phone off when I don't want to be listened to, but thank you for all the information. And uh, welcome to New York. <laughs> Glad to be here. To read Sam's story, go to vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. And tune in again on Wednesday for another Vice Guide to Right Now.